the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, brought to you by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. You know, lately I felt like whenever I go to the doctor or I take my kids to the doctor, like there are so many questions that you have to answer before you get into the exam room. You know, when was the last time you uh, had a glass of wine? Um, are you feeling depressed? On a scale of one to five, how is your mood? How often are you sleeping? Do your kids want to share in the classroom? Do they not? I mean, just a ton of questions that I think to myself, God, I've got to answer these every time. Guess what? You don't have to answer those questions. And you're going to be shocked to hear why they're being asked of you in the first place. You're going to be told here now in this next podcast how I'm starting over. I'm so sorry, John. I'm starting over. Okay, here we go. Take two. Welcome to Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. So have you been to like a minute clinic or uh, any kind of one of those urgent care things lately where you go in and you need to be seen because your throat is so sore you think you have strep and all you want is to see a doctor and find out. And the next thing you know, you're handed a stack of questions to answer before you can be seen. You know, uh, how many drinks do you have per week? Um, are you safe at home? Are you a smoker? Um, are you depressed? On and on and on, Right. Why are those questions being asked? What is being done with the information? And do you even have to answer those questions? I think you're going to find our next guest really, really fascinating. You're going to be shocked at where the information is going and how it's being used. You're going to be surprised to learn that, no, you don't have to answer questions you don't want to answer when you go and seek medical care. You're going to be dismayed and how the government is so involved in your health care. But maybe you'll leave hopeful, as I am, that there's something you can do about it, and there's a way that you can access health care that doesn't infringe on your privacy, because we kind of have Big Brother in the exam room, don't we? Twyla Brace is our guest next, and she's got a book about it, and you're going to want to hear this. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. Well, we talk a lot about freedom in the United States of America, and health freedom is one of those things we like to talk about and need to talk about, particularly in this age of what feels like Orwellian Big Brother stuff. 
And that brings us to our guest, Twyla Brace. Uh, this is the third printing of her book, Big Brother in the Exam Room. Hi, Twyla. Hold up that book so everyone can see us, see it. Sure. Here we go. Big Bro- the third, the third printing, uh, the dangerous truth about electronic health records. It's really interesting, Twyla. Whenever you take your kids to the doctor or you go in, the first thing that happens when you sit down in an exam room is they start, they open up a, a computer, right? And they start taking all kinds of check this, click that. And what are they doing? And what is your biggest concern about these electronic health records? So I think your listeners need to know that first and foremost, the electronic health record is something that did not, it's not something that the doctors wanted or the hospitals wanted, at least not in the format that it's in. Uh, There were certainly electronic health records before the um, uh, American Recovery and Reinvestment Act mandated them. Um, but these are these electronic health records are ubiquitous now. They're in every exam room. They're in every hospital because of that act. In uh, I believe that was in 2009, and it mandated that every doctor have an electronic health record, and um, or they would lose money on every Medicare patient that they see. But it's not good enough to have an electronic health record. They had to have an electronic health record that was certified by the government. So we call it a government electronic health record because they can't have just anyone like the ones that they used to have and really liked. They have to have the ones that the government has told them they have to have. And they have to use it meaningfully. So there's actually meaningful use regulations. And if they don't use it that way, they also lose money. Uh, for every Medicare patient. So this electronic health record is not there, you know, for convenience or anything else. It's there because the government put it in the exam room. And why did they? What was their, what do you think the purpose of that was? Why would the government's mandate in order to get uh, this Medicare and Medicaid in reimbursement mandate this kind of record? Well, they would mandate it that way because um, doctors are dependent on Medicare and hospitals as well. So that's the easy way to do it. But the reason for doing it, it's not only that the government wanted it, it's all sorts of industry that pushed the government to mandate the electronic health record. Uh, and it's also that the Obama administration actually called it the foundation of the Affordable Care Act. So it was the way for them to impose a government-run health care system because if you don't have a government-run um, health data system, it's very hard to control the players in the healthcare system. So if you have access to the data and you can look at the data, you can track the data, you can track the doctors, you can track the patients, you can also control them. And so that's what I believe was the ultimate purpose, was controlling uh, what happens in the exam room and what happens at the hospital bedside. Why... Which you mentioned industry pushing the administration. We all know about lobbyists. So who were the, what kind of industry was pushing for this? So I think there's two points in the push. The first point was to actually get the federal HIPAA rule put in place. And a lot of people, and I really have to let your listeners understand this, that HIPAA, if I was to ask you, you know, what does HIPAA do or what does it stand for? You know, most people would say that this is a way to, that protects our medical privacy. But in fact, the HIPAA rule is, although it's called a privacy rule, it's really known as a permissive data sharing rule. So this is how, you know, when you, when you go to the um, pharmacy, let's just say, and they say stand 10 feet back, right? For, because of HIPAA. 
Um, or they say you go to the hospital and, and you want to know where patient X is, right? And they say, well, we can't tell you because of HIPAA. But the, the, this is what we call the HIPAA hassle factors. These are the things that are meant to convince the American public that they have privacy. When actually under or in the background and under their, under the table, as it were, all of this data is being shared because of HIPAA, because HIPAA is a permissive data sharing rule. It says that all this data can be shared without your consent if those who hold your data choose to share it. So they don't have to but they have permission to do so. So there was an entire industry government push. So the hospitals, the health plans, the uh, data industry, the researchers, everybody wanted HIPAA put in place in the first place so that they would have access to the data without patient consent. But now when you take it and you digitize that data, now you make it very easy to access. It's not just in a computer file somewhere, right? It's actually online because that's how it's shared, right? You're a doctor in your office, you get an x-ray across town, but they can go find that x-ray because they right. can just go online and find that x-ray. Which and seems like really convenient and cool. You know, like if I go get a mammogram at one place, my doctor in another building can look at it online or whatever. And, and then you can also get second and third opinions when people can access this information easily. So on the one hand, it would strike the average person as, well, this is a real convenience. This is so smart. It must be so efficient. So what's wrong with it? So it's not only your doctor who can share and get access. It's all sorts of people. So imagine the government, the CDC, um, getting access to your information. Uh, all of the COVID vaccinations, for instance, those were all sent to the CDC. The CDC knows exactly who got injected and who did not. Um, that's just one example. Um, or um, you're used for research and you don't want to be part of somebody's research project. There's actually something they're pushing that you don't want to have pushed. You, you actually object to it completely, but they're not going to ask for your permission. Or there's the health plan who's creating an entire profile of you. And you would really like to think that they would only see what happened at Dr. X. But they're going to see what happened at Dr. Y, Z, and every other doctor in between, and they're going to create a profile of you, making decisions about what you can and cannot have, and then controlling your doctor's hands. See, ultimately, it's not about privacy. Privacy is about control. So we say he who holds the data makes the rules. So if you've got the data, this is what happens in every um, uh, system that has a tyrant, for instance, or a dictator, right? One of the first things they do is try to get control of all the data. They want people informing on each other. They need to know what's happening. They need to have all the data. Well, now everything that you say, everything you say to your doctor is part of a record that all sorts of people can access without your consent. All sorts of people. And, and under HIPAA, there's no consent requirements at all. Well, this is, uh, we're going to take a quick break and talk about how we've sort of been conditioned into thinking that eh, this is really no big deal. This is a really important part of this discussion. Just a second. Uh, the uncertainty in America and across the world continues to mushroom, really. I mean, we've got all this unrest now in, in Iran. We've got the war between Russia and Ukraine. We've got elections coming in November of 2022, the old midterms. We have so much going on and we've got inflation and we've got crime. And it's really difficult, I think, right now for people to feel secure 
And that's why I like to recommend gold and silver in your long-term financial plan to at least add a measure of security to that. And the only company I trust when investing in gold and silver is Legacy Precious Metals. You know, in 2008, when everything went haywire as well, people who invested in gold saw huge gains and others lost their retirements. Well, this is kind of a time like that. So I'd encourage you to start thinking about gold and silver in your own portfolio, in your IRA and your 401k. And Legacy is just a phone call away. They can answer all of your questions by phone. I just recommend you give them a call. Just get the questions out of the way. The number is 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903. When you're facing the kind of inflation that we are and the gas prices, and now we know our energy prices are going to go through the roof this winter, which they already are creeping up significantly. Why not make this call and find out about investing in gold and silver? 866-528-1903 or download their free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So I, I there's a refrain that comes to my mind that I've heard people say, Twyla, that, well, I've got nothing to hide. You know, I don't care if someone has access to my data. I'm not, I'm not. You know, they can look into my cell phone conversations. I'm not planning any terrorist attacks. So I've got nothing to hide. So why should I be concerned about anyone having this this data? So you actually don't know what's in your medical records. You don't know what the doctor has written about you and what kind of patient that you are. Um, and you don't know how your bits of information can be all pulled together to create a negative profile of you, to create a profile that makes the health plan say, you know, this person doesn't need that kind of care and we're not going to give them that kind of care because it's a waste to give them that kind of care. And so they don't get it. And so we're not going to pay for it. And so even so though what, what, let's do a real world example okay. of that. What would be a real world example of someone not getting that kind of care because the government says they don't it, it they shouldn't. Okay. So let's just say it is uh, dialysis for instance. And now every time they ask that question in the exam room, um, do you t do you drink alcohol? How many drinks a day do you have? Well, I, I encourage people never ever ever to answer that question. Because then that will be a data point that will decide sometime in your future whether or not you could actually have dialysis if you lost a kidney, right? That's one thing. Or just look at the fact that you didn't get a, a, a COVID uh, vaccination, right? And then yeah. you could not get, and, and people could not get uh, transplants. 
that happened in this country, that adults could not get transplants because they refused to get the injection or the parent didn't take the child for uh, vaccinations. And so the doctor said, we're not going to do surgery on this child. I mean, this is the sort of thing that can happen and they can string all sorts of things that you tell your doctor. So here, here let me just give you a, a, a real example of somebody who called into our office. They were gonna take their records uh, from Dr. A to Dr. B, paper records, right? But they happened to stop and read their records about what Dr. A said. And Dr. A said that they were depressed and they had all this information about a discussion that she had with him. It was a really bad day. The dog had died. The Something happened bad in the house. She just went on and on and on. And he wanted to give her an antidepressant. And she said, I'm not depressed. He said, well, just take it. I mean, just take it. And if you don't use it, you know, whatever. And so then he wrote in there depression. She had a prescription for it. She never took it. She tore it up. Um, and then, and I told her when she called, I said, well, here's the deal. The, the, the government and the health plans are tracking quality metrics. And so one of the metrics is searching for depression amongst your uh, clientele. And if you find depression, you get a higher mark. So doctors are, this, this doctor probably got a higher mark for giving this person antidepressants. So it's the doctor who gets the higher mark. That's right because of the quality metrics. And that's another thing people don't understand. That's part of the checklist when you go in and those questionnaires, they're trying to build the profile on you. There's lots of things in there that I have nothing to do with your appointment, but they also have things like 90% um, of your adult population should receive the flu vaccine or 90% um, um, uh, should not have high blood pressure and they give the blood pressure. And I had one doctor tell me that he used to work in the VA and a, a guy came in with a toe that hurt, but the guy's blood pressure was high. So they kept the guy there giving him anti um, blood pressure medication to bring his blood pressure down so they could report that they had put his blood pressure under control. Well, he just got more and more angry because they weren't letting him leave. And all he was there for was his toe, but they were trying to meet the quality metrics. And people don't understand that that's part of what the data does. And that's part of why doctors now have spend 60%, 50 to 60% of their time on the medical record, not on the patient, because they're just trying to get paid. I feel like I'm about to get sick, honestly. Um, we're on the third printing of Big Brother in the Exam Room, and it's an award-winning book from the Citizens Council for Health Freedom. So you mentioned, Twyla, if someone asks you, if your doctor asks you how many drinks a day do you average, or if it's on a chart, just don't answer. What What do we do? If if we don't want – I mean, that that is that is an interesting question, you know. And are, I know that you go through and your kids go through – Check, you know, check, put, put the number of times per week that you feel down, that you feel tired, that you don't want to share with other children, all these little measurements of mood or, you know, level of depression. Are those mandatory? Do we have to fill those out? No, you don't. But the pressure is high. And this is an unfortunate thing. I mean, I'm a nurse. I'm a registered nurse, worked in the emergency yeah. room at St. Paul Children's. And, uh, and so I know what it's like when a patient comes in and they're vulnerable. They don't want to make you mad because they're afraid they won't get good care. And so they just answer these things, even though they don't want to answer these things. And the unfortunate thing is that a patient has to come in sort of um, armed. You know, it, it used to be a sanctuary. It used to be a safe place, but it's not a safe place anymore. But they still need it in order to get care.
So what they need to do is come in prepared, prepared to just say, you know, I don't answer those questions. Um, no, I, I don't do that. And and the more difficult thing will be when they get a pad, right? An iPad or, you know, some kind of tablet, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. And then they get to a question and they go, okay, all those those previous questions, those are okay, but I'm not going to answer this question. And they tell the staff, I'm not going to answer that question. And the staff says, well, well, then we can't register you. You have to get to the end before we can register you. And then you have to say, but I'm not going to answer that question. Well, then how are we going to register you? Well, because you're going to figure out how to register me without me answering that question. So, if, you know, call the manager, figure and, it out. Okay. Can they figure yes. it out? Can you, yes. you can override that. That's okay. actually one of my own experiences is call the manager, call the manager. Call and the sure manager. They figured out how to go by all those things that I did not want to answer. Uh, and that's really hard for patients and patients shouldn't be in that position. They're essentially being exploited because they are sick and they're doing all this data gathering. And I think maybe you might find one statistic of particular interest. So United Health Group has a, um, a segment of their business, sort of an offshoot called Optum Insights. It's a division. And all they do is data. That's it. And it's all health data. That's all they do. They don't see any patients. But in 2017, their revenues were $8.1 billion dollars. Health care, health data is more valuable than your uh, social security number. Um, that The health data sells for far more out there on the street. And it is really the 21st uh, century's version of gold or oil, whichever you prefer. Uh, it is where all this money is being made. And it's made because of money and, and uh, because of data and who wants to have that data. But it's also... Who does want to have that data? Is it, 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 is it beyond the government? Because you got to follow the money, right? Yep. It's always follow the money. Yep. Who wants the data? Is it the drug companies? Is it big pharma? Is it what is it? It's all of those. And people like Optum Insights, that company, they're selling the data. They're they're uh, they're selling quality metrics. They're they're making treatment guidelines that doctors have to follow. Uh, that's the control of the physician in the exam room. They're doing that and they're selling it. And so uh, there are so uh, there are the um, you know Lexus Nexus kind of folks who people want to come and find out how many people in this district have an alcohol problem, how many people take asthma medications, you know whatever it is, and they want to market to those folks. You know it's just um, it's a plethora, right, of people that that want all the data. I'm gonna I, I'll play devil's advocate here just for fun, yes. Twyla. If if we say is there any upside? to having all this data out there. Like we, we can help more people. We can educate people better on their conditions or, you know, offer more options to people. Is there an upside? Well, here's what I'll say. We had a long time in this country before we had an electronic health record mandated by the government. And did we see medication, medical, everything advanced? Did we see medical advances over that time? We did because lots of people chose to participate in research and, and in advancements because it was their choice. But now it's really not about the patient anymore. And that's the problem with the healthcare system is it's moved away from the patient. And what I like to say is um, the mission of medicine has been taken over by the business of healthcare. And really the patient and the doctor have become cogs where they're all working for the system. The patient's giving the data for the system. The doctor is is taking that data and giving it to the companies. The doctor is being controlled. Uh, it's, it should be about the patient 
And but it's it's not, and it should be. And that's one of the reasons we have the wedge of health freedom, is we're moving the entire industry, as it were, over to a patient-centered, doctor-controlled, patient-doctor relationship model of healthcare. Yeah, that that's what I would like. I think that's what everyone would like. (laughs) Yes, you 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 have an ailment, you go ask about it. You have a relationship with your doctor that you can trust. I I gotta say. I understand why some people would go in to see their doctor and feel pressured in some instances to get a COVID vaccination, to get a flu shot, to get uh, the the shingles vaccine, whatever it is. And maybe it is the right option for you, but maybe it's not the right option for everyone. And yet there's sort of this feeling of a one size fits all um, healthcare mandate in this country, as opposed to, like you said, a doctor-patient relationship, and I have to believe that doctors and up-and-coming doctors get into this industry for that, to be able to help an individual, each individual case, rather than to be uh, sort of a slave to these forms and formats and electronic files. This is... is this message getting out there, Twyla? Is it... Am I the only one talking to you? Are there more people talking? Because I just feel as though... This this needs to be shouted through a bullhorn from a rooftop. Yes. Well, we are trying to get the message out, and particularly as we build the Wedge of Health Freedom, which your uh, listeners can find at jointhewedge.com. So there's probably... Jointhewedge.com. Jointhewedge.com. And so in Minnesota, there's about uh, 20 of the, the practices that are in there. There's about 350 around the country, but there are lots more to join. And so we are actively recruiting practices. It's only check, cash, and charge. And so you can have insurance, but you have to pay these doctors. But that's far less, and it's far more time, and it's far more personal. And so eventually, we actually want to have hospitals. And we're calling this the new framework for health freedom, where you have real insurance that pays you, and then you pay your doctor and your hospital. And this is how it was before the health plan. So the health plan is, is kind of the corporate version of socialized medicine. They're centralized data, centralized decisions, centralized doctors, right? And this was Ted yep. Kennedy's plan when he got the HMO Act passed, is to move us into socialized medicine through the health plan. And so now we're at a point Hillary wanted to do it, and Obama managed to do it with the everyone has to have a qualified health plan, right? But we are going to create this parallel system called the New Framework for Health Freedom. And the wedge is where you're going to be able to find all the doctors and eventually the hospitals, labs. We have four pharmacies already in it. Are you going to be able to find them in the wedge? Okay. Jointhewedge.com? Well, that's that's my first stop when we end this interview, Twyla. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, I, I feel like death by inches in yeah. this country. You get conditioned to accept these little inconveniences, these little, these little infringements on your privacy, and little by little by little, they become more and more pervasive. And before you know it, you're not really an individual anymore. Right. And that is, uh, that is, it, people should really be concerned about this. All right, again, why don't you hold up the book so people can see what it looks like. This is the third printing now of Big Brother in the Exam Room. This is an award-winning book, folks, from the Citizens Council for Health Freedom. 
And it's got action steps in there for restoring health freedom. That's important, too. Um, Twyla, thank you. I'm going to tweet about this. People can follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and we will, and Twitter, and we will be join the wedge.com. Join the wedge.com. <laughs> this is important. Twyla, thank you so much for your thank time. Thank you, Michelle. I appreciate it. All right. So, yes, this has been Sideline Sanity. I'm Michelle Tafoya. Be brave, do good, and check out jointhewedge.com. Well, Sideline Sanity, we are very proud to be sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals, and we're joined by Charles Thorngren, the CEO of Legacy Precious Metals. Charles, we are hearing now that this is not transitional inflation. This is not a bump in the road. This inflation is going to be here a while. What, what, does that, what does that tell you? You know, that's the scary thing. Um, I think, you know, economies and, and, and such like that, they can deal with small jars. We have a, a unique situation. We had a Fed that waited much too long to react to the situation, calling inflation transitory for a year when everyone knew it wasn't. But more importantly than that, coming out now saying this is going to be here. This is long term. This is not short term. We're going to have elevated rates for the long term. And why that gets really scary is that means the cost of doing business is going to be elevated for years, which means the cost of goods are going to be elevated for years, which means if companies can't make enough money, they will go out of business. This is why we, we hear some of your bigger companies are already talking about layoffs. So it's a unique situation. The Fed found themselves in a very bad place. And they reacted way too slow. And this is why we're at where we're at. So if I'm an investor, then what's why do I want gold and silver in my portfolio? What what will that do for me? You know, that, that's a great question. And that's a question we get a lot. And and really what gold and silver do, um, they act as the hedge against the dollar weakness. They act as a hedge against the other markets. And we know that the Dow and, and all of your markets, all your indices are, are, are pulling back, right? That's not the issue. It's not what's already happened. It's what's yet to come. And that's where we, we need to prepare. So depending on who you listen to and, and the research that you do, you know, there are case studies of saying expect to see another 25, 20 to 25% pullback in your equities markets based on interest rates and loans and, and the bond markets they're suffering as well. No one's going out to buy bonds knowing that they're going to be um, an increased return on them in three months. It makes no sense. So that leaves you in a position of what to do with your money and how to protect yourself. This is where gold and silver come in. This is why we say this is a long-term play. You buy it, you forget about it, let it do its, its job. And its job is to go up over time as the dollar gets weaker, as the purchasing power gets less, gold and silver increase. It protects that purchasing power. And that's the great thing about it. And there's your bottom line and why you need to call Legacy Precious Metals or go download their investor's guide at LegacyPreciousMetals.com. Charles, it's always good to talk to you because these are nerve wracking times for people. You know, it, it's just the fact of the matter is, as we were told by the, the Fed chair, there's going to be some pain. So if people know that they've got something solid sitting in their investment portfolio, I think they're going to feel a little bit better, right? 
Absolutely. And, and we, you know, when we look at the actions that have happened just recently, I mean, the Fed has taken a very unique stance and they've done something very um, extraordinary. Three quarters of a basis points raises months in a row. That's one of the largest raises you've ever seen in the Fed through the history of the Fed. And it's not just once. One time is shocking. Here we are on the third month now. And we'll probably do another half a half a basis point next month or, or later this month, possibly even three quarters of a point. So when you look at that and you say that number is going to grow to where the Fed interest rates will be about 5%, unheard of. That means the interest rate to you and I, if that's what banks pay to borrow money, we're going to see, you know, credit cards will probably be over 28, 30% again. You're going to see home loans coming in 9, 10, possibly even 11%. And it's it's a scary time. And this is why we say, okay, know that it's coming. Don't be afraid. You You now are aware. So now you can protect yourself. And that's what we help people do. Don't be afraid. Prepare. Just prepare yourself. And like I say every day, I trust Legacy Precious Metals when it comes to investing in gold and silver. So go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Charles and his group can answer any and all of your questions. Charles, thank you so much. My pleasure as always. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.